Welcome to Hope Reclaims. On this podcast, we talk about lasting healing from divorce, trauma, and loss through Jesus Christ, because healing and true redemption have already been extended by a good God. Sometimes he's inviting us to partner with him and receive that healing for ourselves. My name is Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm the host of this podcast, founder of HopeReclaimedMinistries.com, and a coach for individuals healing from divorce, trauma, and loss. In 2016, I discovered my ex-husband's long-term affair, and I was totally broken. Although I was desperate for a restored marriage, that's not what happened. But it wasn't until I chose to go back to every restaurant, listen to every song, and relive every memory that reminded me of my marriage, and truly surrender everything to God, that I really began to live a reclaimed life. And I'm now on a mission to help men and women just like you see true and lasting healing through Jesus. Whether you're experiencing the painful effects of divorce, grieving the death of a spouse, or beginning to accept the loss of a dream, you're in the right place. Complete healing and restoration is possible. Welcome to Hope Reclaimed. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I am Ellie Hope Collins. I'm so glad that you're here joining us today. We're continuing our series on motherhood, and today on the podcast, we have Philippa Nixon James. She is the upbeat mama on Instagram. We're talking today about attachment. Man, guys, this this series has been so good and cathartic for me in my early motherhood journey with my daughter, and I really hope that it's been the same for you wherever you are. <laughs> Whether you're a mom or not, I do hope that this series has been good for you and just listening and learning and receiving the um the beauty that the Lord has for us. So like I said, this episode is about the attachment theory and um, attaching to our kids, primarily in the early stages of motherhood and the early stages of child development. But I, I do, we do talk about how it's never too late. Just like with the Lord, it's never too late to um, attach well to our kids, but attach well to the Lord ultimately. So a little bit about Philippa. I actually met her in South Africa many, many years ago when I was there. I was living there doing YWAM, and um, I worked with her sister, and I got to um, meet Philippa there. So we've been following each other on Instagram, and so when she started this Instagram account, The Upbeat Mama, I was so excited, and so um, I invited her on the podcast. So a little bit about her. Her and her husband and her 16-month-old are the pastors in the city of Durban, South Africa. Philippa has a background in speech therapy, education, and holds a master's degree in child development and developmental psychology. Philippa is involved in establishing a therapy center focusing on holistic health for families. The center offers parenting services, the Cycle of Security Parenting Program, and specializes in counseling focusing on trauma and anxiety, art and play therapy. She is passionate about the link between attachment, emotional connection, and language. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Go give her a follow on Instagram. Just be encouraged and enjoy this episode with Philippa Nixon James. Hey there, Philippa. How are you? Hi, Ellie. I'm so well. <laughs> it's lovely to be with you today. Oh my gosh, we're talking across the world. How crazy is this? Oh, amazing. South Africa all the way to the States. <laughs> <laughs> so just for my listeners, would you share a little bit about what fills your days? Um, what do you do for fun? Um, that kind of thing, just so we can get to know you a little bit. Well, I am a mom to a 16 month old little boy named Caleb, and he is just such a joy bringer. We call him our joy bringer. 
Um, he was born, he was a COVID baby. So he was born in a very, yeah, topsy-turvy time in all our lives. And he's just been such a little joy bringer. And my husband and I have been married for six years tomorrow. Actually, it's our wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary um, tomorrow. Thank you. And we're excited. We're going out for dinner for the first time in 16 months. So we are very excited to say the least. And um, yeah, as a a mom, I've been privileged to be at home with my little boy. Um, for much of his 16 months and it's just been such a privilege and a blessing my days start off with coffee absolute necessity um, and yeah I've got a lot of different things that sort of fill my day at the moment it's really this intense toddler stage um, catching falling children um, putting um, putting out fires <laughs> and um playing with bikes and blocks and all of that. And, um, and in, in between all of that, um, my husband and I pastor a church here in Durban, South Africa. Um, I also um, work as a music teacher. That's another little side thing I do. I teach a whole lot of little girls, their class music every week and um, have a lovely time with them because it's a nice little something different in my week. And then, yeah, as I, as I had mentioned to you before, we're also in the process of starting a, a therapy center really focused on developing holistic health in, in families and, and moms and kids and families as a whole, um, focusing on trauma and anxiety therapy and um, yeah, seeing parents walk into more and more freedom on their parenting journeys. So We're really excited about it. There's far too much on my plate, really, but it's all wonderful stuff. And um, that's a bit about me. I try to jog, not a lot since I've had the baby. I think I've been out a couple of times now, so I'm feeling really good about my small little jogs. I'm managing to do sort of 10 minutes at a time. But I wouldn't say that's really for fun, hey? That's just something that we need to do. Yeah. (laughs) Just to get some fresh air and some fresh air get out into the into the beautiful um, mm-hmm. African air and um, yeah so that's a bit about me um, as I said coffee needs some more now oh <laughs> yes um, I just had mine because it's morning time here because it's morning I, for you so you gotta get going for you <laughs> so I just had mine I'm fully caffeinated I'm doing well okay. But but mm-hmm. therapy is a bit of a, your background as well. Would you talk about that a little bit? We sh- we mentioned it in your bio, but if you if you'd share a little bit more there. So I'm a qualified speech language therapist, and I worked in in pediatric practice for a number of years. Um, I've worked I've run my own private practice. I've worked at a university level, lecturing quite a lot as well. And in my practice, I just saw that connection is so important and that a lot of parents were missing connection points with their children and as a result I was feeling this um, sense of discontent in my practice and so I went off and I did a master's degree in developmental psychology and child development in Israel actually and just had came across this amazing, amazing life-giving knowledge base that is not that common out there, that there is a lot of research on it. There are a lot of journal articles. There's a big professional um, therapeutic understanding of this, but from clinical practice to the theoretical understanding is a big gap and to families 
um, there is even a bigger gap. And so what I'm doing now is I'm trying to bridge that gap a little bit to help moms particularly understand that, you know what, they can actually take the pressure off themselves in their mom journeys and that they can relax into this mom journey. For some of us, it comes more naturally than others. And that's also normal and that's okay. And we can relax into that. Um, but really putting out there some, some really life-giving empowering tools without judgment or guilt we cannot afford to put judgment and guilt on other moms out there on each other um, from a professional point of view that is the last thing that I feel is helpful to um, getting anywhere really um, and so that's where I am now and that's um, a bit about you know how I got to where I am and really the future is very unknown but it is an exciting one yeah. Isn't that fun where, where you're in this transition season and you see a, the pieces kind of come together. Like you were, yes. you were working in speech and speech therapy. And then now you're a mom and you were seeing that there's a, this disconnect in, in connection with your kids. And, and so all these pieces are coming together for you. And now you're taking a step by starting this, this therapy center, Praise the Lord. This is so cool. And I love how the Lord just does that. He kind of pieces things together in our lives. It's that's wild. I, I love that you, that you were talking about and, and seeing that disconnect with connection with our kids and, um, an attachment really, but also with, um, with the, the needing the speech therapy almost, is that what I'm hearing? Yes. I mean, of course, if, if we have a little one who is struggling with, with language acquisition or, yeah. or speech sound development, they, they're going to need therapy. But sometimes mom might not understand the emotions behind where this little person is at and their own emotion, mm. own emotions as a mom, realizing that your little one might need some assistance in an area. Maybe it's occupational therapy. Maybe, maybe there's a physiotherapist that needs to step in. Maybe it's speech language therapy. And if we look at our little people and go, oh my goodness, you can't kick a ball properly. You know, what's wrong mm. with you? Come on, you've got to do better. But we need to understand that there's a whole relationship behind that. And that if we can get the relational things and that connection in place, we will see so much better um, progress, so much more um, development happen, so much more health in our children in their overall development, not just in one little area. Right. And so that's really... I think that's really key for us moms to understand is that this is this relationship, this connection, this attachment, that deep emotional bond that we have with our little ones is more than enough. It is mm. more than more than enough. That is what they need from us in the first five years of life. That is what they need. They need that strong emotional base that we can give them through our attachment um, and through a secure attachment and a healthy yeah. one, particularly within the first 18 months to two years. That's what right. they say, the, the research, research um, says to us. And within the first year of life, they have already learned, before they've learned any language, they have learned how to do relationships through oh. our relationship with them. So before they can wow. speak, that's, that's beautiful. I, I, sorry to interrupt. I just want people to hear that, that before they learn, before they learn language, they're learning relationships. They, they learn relationships. That's the they first thing they learn. Wow. Wow. I mean, just let that sink in. Exactly. It's, it's quite profound. And that sets the tone and the base for how mm. they will do relationships 
throughout their life. Yeah, that's so true. Wow. I love, I love that because I'm, I think all the time, my almost six month old, she's just learning everything. She's, she's curious about everything. She wants to see everything and very interested in, in me talking to her and just, I mean, it's wild to see her grow up like this, but, um, but wow, just even to think the first thing she's learned is that connection with me and with my husband. You know, I was reading some research last week that was um, talking about the language skills of children and how children who are spoken to a great deal, I think before the age of three, their language skills and academic abilities at the age of nine were so much above their peers because they were spoken to. But it was not just not words that are entering uh, their ears and being registered. So not a TV on in the background Mm -hmm. or even necessarily an audio book, but when through connection, you speak to your child. So it's when you say, um, it's not just exposing them to rambling language. It's saying, look, my sweetheart, look how the birds are flying. What do they say? Yes, well done. I loved how you said that. What a good bird sound. When we speak to them and when the words we speak are building connection, that is when their language skills and their academic skills just shoot and rocket up above their peers. So it all comes down to that connection. Mm, that's so, that's so beautiful. Those language. Wow. And, and just that, that the, way, the way that you've made those, those connections of how relationship and language go together like that. So, so would you talk a little bit about, I mean, we, we've heard attachment, um, parenting we've, you know, I'm, I'm, but for those, for those of us that haven't, would you talk about that a little bit? What is, what is this attachment thing? Um, and why is it so important? So I feel like the word attachment and attachment parenting is is quite a um, trending term at the moment um, in the world out there. And I think a lot of people that I've come across have no idea if the, in, in your context if this rings true, but people go, oh, attachment, that sounds so weak. Attachment parenting, oh, that sounds um, so wishy-washy. And, um, and I'm going... No, guys, um, actually, this is the most incredible life-giving stuff based on decades and decades of sound, amazing research um, that has been, oh, I mean, cross-referenced and all sorts. The, the numbers are there and they've been there for decades and only now are people starting to become more aware of this term. And so it is appearing like it's a fad, but I don't think it's going anywhere because this is, it's just starting to actually be disseminated to the regular mom out there like me and you, and we can start to access this stuff. So when we talk about attachment, it starts prenatally. It starts um, with the quality of our relationships before a baby is born, which is quite crazy. And so the thing I, I, before I say any more that I just want to highlight is when you as a mom look at the relationships that you've had at your marriage relationship, if, if, you, if you're a single mom into other relationships around you and you go, the quality of my relationships is not good. Oh my gosh, I will, I'm messing my child up. 
we have to stop right there and just realize that we can't go there. We cannot go into guilt and to blame and we cannot punish ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know before we learned it, okay? So that, that was actually a quote I read, I read and, um, and it says, forgive yourself for not knowing what you didn't know before you learned it. So that's let's just start. so good. That is so it, good. It is so good. It is so good. We yes. need to have so much grace for ourselves in, in our previous to. selves before we learn something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so when, when, we, when we compare ourselves to, to the things that I'm saying, we need, to, we need to not take on guilt or blame, mm-hmm. but we need to go, okay, how can this empower me to move forward from now? So with yes. that said, Attachment starts prenatally. It starts with the quality of our relationships as a mom before the baby is born. And when the baby is born, it's that um, that deep emotional connection that we start to build with our baby. You start to anticipate their needs, their cries. They have a different cry for when they're hungry or for when they are um, tired. Um, and you start to tune into your child. And that really, that, that emotional bond based on trust is what attachment is attachment is when our children learn that we are their safe place Mm. and that is really really key there are different types of attachment there's healthy attachment which is what i'm talking about a secure attachment where they have a trust-based relationship but then there are also there's stuff that can go wrong Uh, Mm. relationships can go wrong and we can develop unhealthy attachment patterns Um, and based on how each one of us are parented we might have those kind of attachment patterns that are more tumultuous um, more painful Mm -hmm. and that's when we need to start confronting it all through our life we have attachment relationships when we fall in love and get married our attachment becomes then to this this person and that becomes our safe space. That is the hope in, in marriage, that that is your safe space. For many people, it's often not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, wow, you know, <laughs> there's journeys of healing yep. that we need to go through. And that impacts yeah. in the way we that we in turn pass on uh, parenting, how we were yeah. parented, how we've experienced relationships, and then it carries over to the next generation. Yeah. So- I, I just want to speak or just have a personal anecdote there because, yeah. because as somebody who, who walked through divorce, my yeah. ex-husband was my safe place. And then the minute that, and there's a lot of people who listen to this podcast that have walked through divorce as well, um, or painful breakups, all that stuff. And yeah, you, you have that attachment and when trust is broken, when that relationship is broken, it really can form the way that you do other relationships. And so we see a lot of people that get into relationships too early after, after a, a, a hard breakup, because they're, they're looking for that. They're looking for, to fill that void. <laughs> and so that, that can be an unhealthy attachment pattern, right? And, um, and then, yeah, I've just, I I've done a lot of, I've just noticed. And even in doing my own therapy after, after walking through my divorce, how am I choosing to do relationships now? Because the Lord wants to heal that. And I love what, I love what you're saying that, um, it absolutely matters, (laughs) but, but all, you know, these, these patterns, these ways of thinking, the ways of engaging in relationships are learned behaviors and the Lord can heal them and we can choose differently too. Yes. And that is just so life-giving. And for me, it takes off so much pressure. Mm-hmm. 
in my just my normal adult adult relationships and then as a mom you know um, and that can make me really breathe easy um, and find hope and yeah find hope you know relationships are where we live um, I posted that a couple of weeks ago and it's so true if our relationships are good we are good if yes. they are painful our whole lives are just oh you know and um, in this in this place of of, of pain or frustration yeah. that's really where we live we live in our headspace mm. um whether it's good or bad whether it's toxic or healthy yeah. and um yeah and um, that that space of of relationship is is really so key and i think i think as a mom it's realizing that it's not being fully healed up right now that mm -hmm. counts because other would we ever be completely all healed up especially because when you become a mom they press all your buttons and those same issues resurface but in a different way yes think, oh my goodness I thought I dealt with this bingo <laughs> bingo and so for me it's realizing that I don't have to be completely healed up yep. I just need to acknowledge I'm on a journey of healing. Yes, yes, and yes. And you know what? I don't want this to carry over into my relationship with my kids. And therefore, it's not going to. I am drawing the line right here. Mm -hmm. I am a cycle breaker. And I'm not going to let this impact the next generation. They are going to walk in more freedom than I have walked in. Come on. Because of the choice I am making now. And they are hard choices. Change is painful. Change is hard. Yeah. Change is very vulnerable. But we've got to go there for our kids. Yes, yes. We, we I don't think there's a mom out there who doesn't want the best for her kids. Mm -hmm. The best for our kids is making sure that we are on a journey of healing in those yeah. areas of our hearts that need healing. And I, I talk a lot about how that's the grace of the Lord. When he brings something up, it can feel like, oh my gosh, I'm going around this mountain again. Why haven't I dealt with this insecurity or why haven't I, you know, why haven't I overcome this, this issue that I, that keeps resurfacing. But I fully believe that when the Lord brings something up, he's saying, I want to heal that. And, and it keeps coming up because there's new levels of that healing that need to happen. And it's his, it's his grace that he does, you know, we're not just jolted into, you know, perfection right away, but he keeps bringing things up and saying, okay, you can surrender this new aspect of it. And man, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, six months into having this little baby, but even then I'm discovering there's so much there's so much that the Lord's bringing up in, um, in my past, in, in, in my own heart, in the way that I interact with my husband, in the way that I interact with her. And so it's easy to get down on yourself, <laughs> but so <laughs> important to say, yes, this is a process and we're all on a journey. And I think for those of us who have put our, our trust and our hope in the Lord, we need to also remember that he is our safe place. And he never pushes healing on us. I know in areas of brokenness in my life, he's let me be. Yeah. And he said to me, I've got you. You've got this. And that became really like a, a mantra for me mm. in my moments of, of trigger with certain issues and stuff. 
And I would just say, you've got me and I've got this. And you know what? He just, he just said, I've got the situation. I've got it. I've got you. And you know what? We're not in a rush for this healing. I'm going to wait for you to be ready because if he had forced my heart into healing, it would not have felt like a safe place for me. But he was my safe place because he allowed it just, just to be. Daily, I was surrendering and saying, oh, goodness, please, can we just, how am I going to work this out? How am I going to find peace in my heart? How is this issue going to be resolved in my life? And I, and I just knew that if I just left it with him, slowly, slowly, he would come and bring healing and work it out and I had to work very hard on my mind very hard at those negative thought processes but yet um here I am um from this particular issue I'm thinking of now it was a relational one a very painful relational issue with some friends and I can go you know what he's actually really brought healing for me yeah. it doesn't bother me in that way and I have the story of Jesus really being my safe place I could yeah. trust him with my heart and it yeah. was safe there. He didn't push me in any direction. Yeah, that's so good. And then that that enables you to show up as a mom who is a safe person for your son where where you're not trying to fix him. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just you're being his safe place too. I think that's 100% the role of being a parent that, that Jesus isn't in there. I mean, he's revealing things to us. He's, he's, he's showing us maybe areas of our heart, but he does it so gently and so kindly, but he's not forcing and he's not using manipulation. He manipulates. And so that, that, you know, by having that example of the father as being the safe place that enables us to be parents and do that this is how, this is how Jesus showed up in my life. This is how I show up in relationships, particular to my kids, right? How has that, how has that, um, shaped the way that you've chosen to parent? I think if I, if I think back to, and and I'm talking through this, Mm -hmm. this one, um, example now, um, of, of, of the Lord really being my safe place, and I realized that I didn't have to rush anything, force anything, that we could just have that breathing space, I think I mentioned. And I think that that has really come through in, my, in the way I parent to just, we don't have to be forcing play. We don't have to be forcing language. We don't have to be forcing the development of specific motor skills, uh, of ticking off developmental milestones. We can just be, we can sit on the floor, we can sit and eat raisins together and we can just be. I don't have to always be teaching him something because by just being, he's actually learning so much. And especially in this world where we want our kids to be the best at everything, we forget <laughs> that actually we just, I, I want him to walk away with, with a solid foundation in relationships and self-esteem and all of that comes from just being. And for, for, for me as a mom, it's being just the good enough parent, which, which I really do speak about quite often on, on, my, on my platform, is we don't have to be perfect. We yeah. can be real. It can be messy. Um, and we, the, the perfection thing is, is such a difficult one for us as moms as well. And 
to take that pressure off and realize we actually only need to be good enough. And it's, it's a theoretical term, actually, the good enough parent um, means that we can make mistakes, we can mess up, and it's okay, because our children still find us as their safe place and, and that those little mess-ups are the exception and not the rule. And um, they go, oh, okay, mom messed up. Oh, you know what? But I can still trust her. I know she's still my safe place because that's not who she is. I, I know that's not her. And, um, and that's what we've also experienced with the Lord in our lives really is, you know what? This is how you show up for me. I, I know you do. I know you do. I know you're there. Even though when it doesn't feel like it, I know you are. And so I love the parallels when we when we talk about these parenting issues and attachment to the way God parents mm-hmm. and loves us. And oh, I get so excited about it. Yeah. I love it. No kidding. I mean, that's, that's so, that's so beautiful. I love this term of being a good enough parent. Man, I have, I, I, I used to say I'm a recovering perfectionist and, um, because that, that can be so much of my temperament of just wanting things to be just so just perfect. And, and particularly with thinking for me, thinking about, my, my, my daughter and wanting, you know, wanting healthy attachment. And I, um, I I've talked on this, um, on this podcast series quite a lot about how breastfeeding was a really challenging experience for me and how I, I had this expectation. It was going to be that I was going to be able to provide the milk that, but I haven't been able to do that. And and, I, and then I've just thought like, oh my gosh, is, is she going to have healthy attachment? And, and, you know, I can't provide her needs and I can't, and just this perfectionistic experience that comes up for me. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so just to, just this idea of just be good enough, it's like, okay, but what if I want to be perfect? And what if I want to do, you know, what if I want this to be just so, um, what would you say to those women that are kind of struggling with that. I don't want to be a normal parent. I don't want to be just good enough. I want to be exceptional. Right. I want to raise the next Tiger Woods. It's my Tiger plan. (laughs) (laughs) How did you go for? Surely he must be. Totally. Um, You know, the perfectionism thing carries with it a sense of insecurity because we're going, hmm, I need to be a certain way. I need to be a certain something. And so it speaks to an insecurity in our hearts. And also for me, the perfection thing, um, when I try to be the perfect mom, what I am without words communicating to my child is that being perfect and acting a certain way, being a certain way, achieving certain things is actually more important than being with them and meeting their needs, their emotional needs. So if there's a meltdown in a public place, okay, every mom's worst nightmare, (laughs) can I just be with my little person and not worry about the judgment, not worry about what passersby's are going to think and just go, I'm just going to be with you. Big feelings are okay big feelings happen and I'm just going to be here or are we going oh my gosh this is not fitting in with my perfection Mm. mom plan you need to be something else that something other than you're not and that's what that's what we'll be teaching our children that's the legacy we pass to them in those moments of perfectionism that actually being perfect the most important thing your needs your emotions your feelings your struggles your hurts not important wow behave 
um, perform, pretend. Mm. How do we raise children like that? So we need to learn to be real. We need to learn to be messy. We need to learn that it's okay. Um, I had a moment of the most hectic mom guilt uh, or shame that someone tried to put on me. And I immediately saw it. And I just, I was like, no, (laughs) this is not happening. And um, it was around the issue of sleep, which for any mom out there, they're going to know that sleep is a big thing. Is, you, is, is the baby sleeping through yet? Is the toddler sleeping through yet? Oh my gosh, no, they're not. It's 2022. You better they're start. And, and you have to start sleep training. And are you doing this? And here's this thing that you, that will really help with that. Yeah. Yeah. So much. Big, big, big discussion out there. And it's one that, that um, everyone has a very, very certain opinion on. And uh, I was at a baby shower and there were two moms on the picnic blanket. I knew the one and the other mom, I didn't know. I, I maybe would recognize her if I walked past her, but I didn't know her. And the one mom and I were catching up and she said, oh, and how's it going? How's little one? How's feeding and how's sleeping? And I said, oh, well, you know, sleeping has been interesting. Um, We've struggled a bit. Teething happened at five months and then it all went out the window, the four month sleep regression. And, um, you know, we're up maybe three times a night now. Um, So, you know, we're getting as much sleep as we can. We're doing okay, but it's a journey. To which this other mom who I didn't know whipped her head around and said to me, she doesn't know me. That's your mistake. That's what you have done wrong. You should not be picking up your baby. You should not be comforting him. You should leave him to cry it out. And I was so taken aback by what she said. Number one, because her advice is actually outdated according to research. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that kind of advice um, develops unhealthy attachment patterns. That is not my opinion. Yeah. That is theory. That is um, what is out. That is what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, is that she felt so entitled to put guilt and shame on me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. oh, do we want to be doing this to each other? No, I don't think so, moms. I think we want to be there for each other. I think we want to be a community who can go, I see your pain. I see your struggles. It's okay. You are doing so well. You've got this. Um, okay, I might not do things that way. You might not do That's okay. We don't have to agree on um, the specific outworkings right. of it. But you know what? We can agree that we are here for each other and that we actually have individual people, little people, little humans that we're raising. We are individuals. We have our own stuff and with own personalities, own dynamics, own sensory profiles, all of that comes into play. And actually, you know, some of us could breastfeed well. I was a, and I had, um, I was like a, a really good milk cow. And some of us have really struggled with breastfeeding. Hey, it's great. It's okay. It's okay. Um, it's not one is better than the other. Yeah. Or one style. Or, you know, we, we do the best we can with circumstances. Stay at home mom versus full time. Totally. All of those issues. You know what? It's good. You just do you mama. You do you. And let's, let's help each other do our relationships. Yep. Be the healthiest we can and develop our little people. Um, mm-hmm. And our them the best that we can. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. people, when, when, when people bring those, those judgments, the shame, the guilt on us, 
the enemy is doing that enough for us, by the way. And we do that to ourselves. We have these own expectations of how things are going to go. I'm again, just speaking to the, the breastfeeding journey I've been on. I had these expectations and, and then I just felt like a terrible person that it didn't happen. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, just that I wasn't able to provide that. So, so if somebody were to say to me, well, that's your problem. And now you're a bad mom for not, for not doing, you know, not being able to breastfeed or whatever. It can be absolutely crushing for you as a mom and, and not to forget that, especially when we're new moms, our hormone Mm -hmm. levels are doing crazy things. No kidding. Um, And then also just then when our cycles go back to to normal i mean then we have those 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 normal emotions every and hormones to deal with every month and that can send us into a spin of that if something is said on the wrong day <laughs> it's very true it's over then it's over yeah. but um, then you're also we, feeling oh sorry i didn't want to interrupt you no no i said and then we just collapse in a heap <laughs> yeah and i and and you know we have these expectations that bonding attachment need to be this way. And so then, so then we have those expectations for ourselves. So I would love for you to speak about, um, cause we have on this podcast series of motherhood talked a bit about, um, adoption talked a bit about, um, some, just some of that, um, adoptions in my family on both, both sides, my husband and I, and, um, of just the, you know, there, there can be, there can be times where attachment is, is on, you know, unhealthy or, or it can be, it can be a hard situation. Um, and, and when I, I would love for you to talk and, and just, just touch on that briefly, what if attachment hasn't been an easy thing? What if there has been trauma and, um, and what are some things that we can do mm-hmm. as moms now, um, to, to rebuild some of that attachment? Mm-hmm. I think we need to realize that it's never too late. Mm-hmm. So there might be moments um, where attachment wasn't um, available to be um, developed, um, where it wasn't done well, where it was done in painful, difficult circumstances, when it was done with the background of trauma. And I think we need to realize that it's never too late. If we start to implement the life-giving, simple principles of building healthy connection, it helps at whatever stage we are at. When you have a, a new friendship as an adult that you can start to feel safe with, um, that you, you start to, to feel safe in that area, um, you know, you go, oh, wow, ah, something is happening here. This is good. Mm-hmm. I'm walking into more healing, into more freedom. Um, I'm feeling safe somewhere that I wasn't before. And I think especially with adoption it's it's it is such a it's such a tricky thing and um uh it can be such a tricky thing but attachment can happen at any stage we can start to build healthy from where we are um and and not to worry about what has been missed because i think love covers so much and we can't underestimate how healing love is at whatever stage it comes into play and attachment healthy connection is really love isn't it and love is so healing so for those of us who have come from difficult backgrounds difficult moments it's never too late to start a journey of developing health of starting a new legacy of saying okay it ends now um what's done is done it ends now and we're going to start walking into more and more freedom yeah that's really really good 
Um, and, and just another level of that kind of tying that into what we even, we were saying before is, is how that that's the job of the parent, right. To, to say, I'm going to be the safe place for you. Not, yeah. not to put it on our child to say, you have to attach to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Not to say they will attach, they will yeah by what is provided to them they will attach Mm -hmm. in a healthy way or in an unhealthy way right so an unhealthy way could look like "Hmm, I don't I can't trust that you were there for me I'm going to shut down and I'm going to become little miss independent yeah and that's an attachment Mm -hmm. that's a disordered attachment pattern it's an attachment or oh I, I know I can trust you I know that when I hurt when I am feeling um, overwhelmed, I can come to you and you help. You can help me with that. You help mm-hmm. me emotionally regulate. Oh, I know I can be there. I know I can rely on another human being. And so wherever we are, we can fix those wrong attachment patterns. We can undo what was done and we can redo it. There's always the redo. There's always the do-over. There's always taking out unhealthy and replacing it with healthy. Yeah. So it's never, it's never too late. Yeah. So what would you say to those, to those parents that are maybe working to, to do that? How, how do we practically start over and do that redo? I think we need to, to learn that relationships come in ebbs and flows. And so for us as adults, if you look into someone's eyes super intense, in, intently there'll come a point where you go, oh, this is getting very in- intense. I need, I need to just break away. I so need true. <laughs> a recharge moment. I know for me, I'm an extroverted introvert. I need time on my own to feel recharged. Um, and so when we understand the ebbs and flows in relationship, that from as a, as a, as a mom um, rewriting a new story of secure attachment with children, that as a secure base, I can be there for my children when they need to go out and explore, mm. when they need to just be on their own, when they need to just have a moment on their own. And I can delight in that and I can support that. I can be there, but not be overwhelming or overbearing. And then to start to identify, okay, now, you know what? I'm actually needing, I just need a hug. I just need a hug. And as an ad, as adults, we have that as well. I just, I just need a hug. Can someone just, can someone just give me a squeeze? And then we come into our safe place and we feel, okay, we've got what it takes to go out again. And so we need to learn to be able to, the ebbs and flows are the giving and the, and the um, welcoming back in and the, the allowing to explore and the bringing back in. Mm. And so we learn to identify those kind of needs in our children and in ourselves. Um, and that is what can start to develop that healthy give and take in relationship. Wow. That healthy, um, give and take with our children and what they need within their little emotional selves and also within their little sensory profiles, what they are needing from a sensory point of view as well. So, I mean, that's where an occupational therapist comes in um, very handy understanding those kind of things. But um, in the redo, it's starting to understand, okay, they need mommy now, but they Mm -hmm. don't need mommy we're wanting to raise independent humans, but to do so, we actually have to let them be dependent on us. Um, and we have to, when they want to explore, let them. When they need to come back to us, let them. It's very mm-hmm. hard when I have my own agenda. Come to mommy uh, or say hello to granny. 
oh, give give auntie a kiss, give auntie a hug. Um, what, what if he's going? No, no, that's not where I. And we force these relational mm. aspects on our children when we sometimes need to just let them be. I'm not saying we don't want, don't want to develop good manners in our children, but uh, but getting them to cross physical boundaries, especially with people we don't want um, want to go there. And that is also that understanding that ebb and flow with them. So for me, that's the place where we've got to start. Just sit back and be. And, and I said so often with my toddler, he, he wants to run and explore, but at a point he looks to check if I'm watching. Oh, mom's still watching. I can keep going. And maybe I give him a big smile and he thinks, oh, yes, um, our mom's watching and she's so proud. And she look at her just delighting in me because I'm the center of her world. And that is, that is what he should feel. And then there comes a point where you just, I need a little mommy cuddle. I need to come back. And so that is a very basic um, sort of foundation to hmm. building those healthy patterns, understanding that give and take um, and what they need and just being also just being. Yeah. Just, it takes the pressure off to just be <laughs> and, and to, to, to not try to fix. I can be such a fixer. I think uh, so many of us can just want to, we want to fix the situation. We want an instant, the, the, the instant gratification of putting the pieces together and making it all pretty, tying the bow on. But I love what you're saying. We'll be so surprised if we just be with our children and we watch them. We'll be so surprised at what they can do without us. And we'll be so surprised at what they want to come back and share with us and um, do do life with us in a, in a sense, you know, and share moments with and share delight with. And, and if we are trying to put the bow on and be perfect and fix, mm. we'll never give them that opportunity to discover for themselves their limitations, their boundaries. Yeah. And learn to take risks in a, in a safe place, in a safe way. We need to let them take risks. Um, it might panic us out when we see them trying to climb on top of something, but we need to let them. <laughs> we need to be there if they, we know they might fall, um, but we need to let them take those risks. And instead of saying something along the lines of, oh, be careful, you're going to fall. Say, look how well you're climbing. You're holding on so tight. <gasps> look how you are standing. And we might at that point just very, very quietly edge closer in case they do take it <laughs> They don't need to know that. They need to know that we think they can do it all. Yes. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm noticing all those things in me, even just with, again, even with my my teeny tiny little girl, I'll say to you know my, my husband's like throwing her in the air and things like that. And I'm like, Oh, be careful. And I'm like, why do I do that? I don't want that to be my first response. I want particularly uh, my, my daughter to be brave, to not, to not yes. be, not be thinking that she needs to be, um, just more timid or something than, than, than what her natural inclination is. I want her to believe that she can do anything she sets her mind to. Um, but also I'll be there for her when she falls. So all these things I'm thinking about, what kind of mom do I want to be? And that's the kind of mom I want to be. I want to be the mom that's, that's launching my daughter into, you know, and, and being that safe place, but, um, but, but vocalizing you can do it. That, that is a safe place. We want to hear from the people around us as adults. Yes, you, oh, totally. You've got what it takes. You are an excellent mom, Ellie. I know you've got what it takes to raise an incredibly brave, beautiful daughter. We want to hear those. We those do. Things. 
need to hear it. Our little ones need to hear it even more because mm. that is the basis of their um of their bravery, of their self-esteem, of their sense of self-worth as adults, as teenagers, how they navigate relationships, do everything comes from that. So when we might want to shout, be careful, which I mean, it's in all of us, let's just be honest. Um, if we can rephrase that in a way to be there for them, to help them be careful, but to encourage them in their exploration of the world. Yeah. You know, that's, that's so valuable what we are giving them. And it's a very subtle shift um, totally. in, in language. And I catch myself often saying, be careful. <laughs> and, and I'm trying to rephrase that to, well, good climbing, um, push that gently. Um, yeah. Pick that up. So, 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 you know, um, those are the, 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 the simple little things that mm -hmm. without knowing it, I can either empower him or I can be making him second guess himself. Yeah. Yeah. His place in the world. Uh, I mean, just so much of what you're saying here is just being intentional, being, being an intentional parent in, in taking the pressure off, by being intentional by just being and, and allowing um, I mean, obviously we're not allowing everything, um, but, but in just definitely not what we're saying. And I think it's, it's really important to just say is we're not saying to not put boundaries in place, to discipline, to sometimes um, take charge. We need to sometimes take yeah. charge of a situation. We need to sometimes raise our voice a little bit and those eyebrows can go up and we need to say no. And our no can be no. But it is being intentional with that space and, and all those wonderful things. Um, but within that, we're not saying to be a walkover. Definitely not. Yes, you know? that's an important aspect because I don't want people to be writing off this, this conversation by saying, oh, this is just, this is just um, you know, passive parenting because it's, yeah. it is an active choice to just sit back and allow your child to learn. And a very and difficult one. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm like... I was like trying to get my daughter to roll over and I'm like, why do I, why do I feel that I can, like, I need to make that happen. She can, mm -hmm. she's going to discover that she will learn how to do that. Why do I feel like I need to make that happen for her? Um, so I just, I love this conversation. This is so good, so good. in my mm -hmm. own, um, just in my own journey of what, who do I want to be for my daughter and how do I want to point her to Jesus ultimately? I, um, I, I want to be her safe place, her secure place. And in that, I want her to know that Jesus is even more her safe place, even more her security. Her, her experience of you as those things is going to inform the way she experiences Jesus. Yes. Um, and so, I mean, that is just so, so important that we can, that we realize that the way we parent is the way that our children are going to either experience God in a really yeah. good, easy way. It's going to be easy for them to believe that God is all those things, or it's going to be a battle for them Yeah, in other areas. So that's amazing that, that you, yeah, that you, you live with that kind of intentionality of how you want to raise your daughter, because that is how she, to a large extent, will experience Jesus for herself. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a beautiful gift to be a parent and be able to 
to sit in that space for her and, and, um, and point her to Jesus. So I'm excited about it. And this has been, this has been very informative for me. And I fully believe that it will be informative for, um, for my listeners too, wherever they are in their, in, in hoping for children someday of, of, you know, having teenagers in the house or, or adult children, like you said, it's never too late. And it's never too early too to kind of think and, and, and look in our own selves and ask the Holy spirit, how am I showing up for my own relationships and for my children, for my, for my spouse, how am I showing up for, for them? So I, I love, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Was there anything that you feel like we missed in this conversation that, that, um, that needs to be addressed? You know, I feel like we could carry on this con- conversation <laughs> days and days and days. Um, I think I think it's good. I think yeah. it's good what you said. I think it's enough. Yeah. Um, I think it's enough to just be with these thoughts mm-hmm. and to let them sort of settle in our hearts, to let them inspire us, to let them challenge us, to encourage us to pursue journeys of healing in our own hearts mm-hmm. um, and to give us hope that it's never too late to to raise really good kids um, and to develop really good connection with our kids. Mm-hmm. Amen. I love that. So you just started a uh, an Instagram, which which is the reason that I was like, oh. <laughs> I need to get her on the podcast, um, which I'm so, I'm loving the content there, the content, the, just your whole aesthetic on there is so fun. Um, so I would, I want people to go and follow you on Instagram. Would you share a little bit about what you're doing there and even just your, your ideas around it kind of moving forward? Yeah. So I've started my Instagram and my account is called the upbeat mama. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a place where, I mean, as a mom of a little one, I just realized that if I was looking for information to help me on my mom journey, if it couldn't be given to me in five seconds, I really didn't have the attention span. <laughs> I was tired. As a new mom, I was tired and overwhelmed, hormones, all of that, like we've said before. And so it's a place where I am translating really, really sound theory um, and research into practical little bites that moms can actually consume. It's a it's an online community where we can be safe together, where we can learn together. Um, a number of different online toolkits will be released as we go. A lot of key conversations, crucial conversations, will be had. Um, we're actually doing one for moms and um, and preteen girls on periods and what our changing bodies mean and how important okay so that's a whole other thing um we're also speaking into anxiety and depression in a month or two and and really conversations that are just life-giving um where we can just also be real messy and um so that's my my little space the upbeat mama and i love it um and yeah, I love, I love the, the community of moms that's sort of forming around that. And um, we're going to see where it goes. Um, yeah. And we have fun along the way, learning along the way, me as much as anyone else out there. That's so good. I love, I love the, I, I love what's happening there, first of all, because you're so right. I don't have time to like, when, when people are like writing paragraphs in their Instagram stories, I'm like, uh-uh. 
I don't have time for this. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm raising a person right now, so don't have time for that. <laughs> so going to go do that. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, just the, the bite-sized chunks here. Yeah. That conversation around periods, um, our changing bodies for, for preteens and teenage girls, um, please, muy importante. It's like so important. Very, so very I love it. Love that you're talking about that depression, anxiety, just Mm -hmm. so much, particularly in this, you know, pandemic, post pandemic world, it's pervasive. It's so important to be addressing these things in ourselves and then being able to, to navigate these things with our kids, um, as, as they come up. So really important. So I really hope that people go and follow you there. Um, any information that, um, that that's mentioned is going to be in the, sh- the show notes of this episode. So you can just click a little link right there and then go and follow that beat mama on Instagram. So thank you so much Philippa, for being here. This is a pure joy to, um, to reconnect with you across the world. Um, I'm just, I'm so honored that you, that you chose to be here today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I think these are conversations we need to be having as moms and just as women with each other to encourage each other. So I, I'm just I'm just blown away that, yeah, again, like you said, technology is there and that we can make these connections um, and reform connections after so many years. So thank you for having me. Thank you for this conversation. Um, may it be life-giving for you, for me, and for anybody else listening in.